Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 90. Is it really 90 already? Of the Genesis Gems podcast. <laughs> I think we'll be covering... Old. I feel... I do. 90 episodes. It's crazy. And we're going to be covering a lengthy one today. We're actually doing this episode in two parts because we're... Number one, it'll probably take longer. Number two, I'm just not quite ready to cover the game in full yet, but we're going to be covering... Ease three. Did I say that right? Wise. Yeah. Ease. Wise three. No, when I was a kid, it probably was wise three. But yeah, it's ease three, like the mythical French city of ease. Even though the game has nothing at all whatsoever, the series has nothing to do with that. Oh, so, they right. just like the name. It just happens. It's like, oh, we like that name. Let's just put a letter, letter of the <laughs> alphabet, attach an apostrophe or don't, and then put an S on the end of it. See what sticks. That's right. And then. And then in parentheses, put Wanderers from Ease. So you get Ease twice in the title of this game. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, hey, I'm Nick Stevens. And with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Aaron Hickman. Aaron. And see, this has been a while. It's, it's, it, I feel like we always say that, so I can just skip over that. But man, how, how have you been? I've been great, man. Uh, shoot, since the last time we talked, I don't... I took a few vacations, but... Uh, got to fly over to uh, Portland, hang out with some friends who came up from California with my wife, and uh, got to go to Cool Arcade, go to the uh, National Park over there, and it was just a chill, great time. Uh, How close is Portland to a little town called Bend, Oregon. Reason I ask, I think Bend, Oregon's the last blockbuster that's actually still open. Oh, really? Oh man, yeah. uh, I'm I'm curious too. I might have to do some Google foo. Uh, I I literally told my wife, I'm like, I would travel there just to go there. Like, I would literally take a two or three day vacation so I could rent some movies from Blockbuster. It's about <laughs> three hours away. Uh, okay. So that's that's kind of hard. Hard yeah. to hear. My heart hurts. <laughs> but uh, you can get a cheap flight. From, you could probably get a really cheap flight from then to, to Portland and on like a connecting flight and just stop there for a, a day and then fly over to Portland and maybe it adds I looked it up man it's about $70 onto your trip if, if it was really okay. that important you know you could just do a alright I'm going to stop in here and then hop on over Yeah, and if anyone's curious there's actually a documentary on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster it's all about that really good it actually like yeah. has the whole whole history of like video and game rental really good, so that's the reason I asked because I saw that and I got all nostalgic. I actually see that. I got yeah. so nostalgic that that I I went I went to a Redbox and rented some DVDs. I haven't done that in years. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, you know what? I miss. I think I miss Hollywood Video a little bit more and Video Central before that. Uh, they, a little more than uh, Blockbuster Video because they always seem like the the rivals. Uh, yeah. And and I think because my brother was a manager at Hollywood Video, so there was always some like, oh, nice. oh they're you know it's kind of like Walgreens and CVS. Well, they're they're the enemy, right? Because <laughs> I work for CVS. Uh, <laughs> we had like local uh, stores. Our our yeah. our favorite one in town was called Network, and I actually still have some video games. I found it local flea markets and junk that have the network sticker on it, which is really cool. Kind of brings back memories. Uh, in Corpus Christi, this is the, the Bay Area of Texas uh, by South Padre Island. We had Jay's Video. It was called Jay's Video. And I remember having some games from there. I think some NES, Super NES. Um, no, this isn't Sega. I apologize in advance. 
but I specifically remember us having these games that they were clearly marked with like a permanent marker. They said Jay's video on them, but we never returned them. Yep. Same. (laughs) Yeah. That that happens sometimes. And I'm sure we got charged out the wazoo for that. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, and I've, I traveled a little bit too. Um, one of my, favorite trip so far this year we got to take the kids up to pittsburgh and watch the braves play the pirates um second time i've been up to pnc park it's a beautiful beautiful baseball park and it was the kids first experience with a big league team so that was fun even though yeah how'd you look destroyed (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've been to i've been to pittsburgh i think i might have even talked about it on this show yeah Um, you had a like a convention up there right yeah it was uh it was demo splash yeah and it was like a weekend convention uh, and I got to perform there. So, yeah, Pittsburgh was pretty cool. Yeah, we had a lot of fun up there. It's uh, We stayed right beside the the actual uh, ballpark, so we got to walk everywhere. And our kids were just – they were in all of the you know the big big league baseball, baseball fields. So it was nice. And then uh, a couple weeks after that, I um, actually drove down to Knoxville and uh, hung out with uh, old buddy Rob and Landon and Michael yeah. and Josh Witt and his wife. It was a good time. Uh, just kind of on a whim. I, I honestly wasn't planning on going. and. My wife kind of talked me into it. She's like, you need a weekend. Just just go have some fun. So, <laughs> so I think, I, I think it was, was another going. weekend I was out of town. I was like, man, I wanted to go to that, yeah. but hopefully next time. Well, I was, it was my last week working from home. I'm, I'm back in office now. but uh, So I, I got off work on a Thursday, and I like drove down there right when I got off because it's about a four-and-a-half-hour drive. And uh, got a hotel room, and then I woke up the next morning and, and worked half a day from the hotel room. <laughs> and then, then went and hung out with them the rest of the day and a little bit on Saturday. But uh, while I was down there um, – I went to a huge bookstore, um, like used bookstore, used movies, used games. I know uh, Mike's talked about it a lot on Two Dudes, but it's called McKay's. I actually went to that place twice. Uh, it was just so massive and big and kind of overwhelming, but um, I spent a good 40 or 50 bucks at that place, like old video <laughs> games and toys and movies. It was pretty awesome. Oh, man, that, that is great. I did find a cool uh, retro game shop, but it wasn't nearly that big. It look, It's like when you go to Insta- – I went to their Instagram – and it was this place, uh, I think it was in one of the northern little hammocks or little town right above Portland or a suburb or some, something. And uh, I think it was called Hawthorne. Someone might know what I'm talking about. But there was a cool little retro game shop in there. Uh, and it was literally the size of my den. Like that's <laughs> how big it is. So not not huge. Um, it's like a small hallway, basically. But... Uh, you know, they, it was just packed full of a lot of cool things. Um, they actually had Sega music on record. So they had oh, wow. the full Comic Zone soundtrack, and they had like four copies of it on record. It was great. It's like, if I had money to burn, I would have picked this up. So it, yeah, it was a pretty awesome. cool shop. Had a nice variety of all sorts of games, and things were decently priced and um, not as outrageous as what we've been seeing in the news lately about stupidly high priced auctions for games that shouldn't yeah, no kidding. cost that much. <laughs> but yeah, uh it sounds like we both had some good R and R. Um glad you got to reconnect with the, the guys because I feel like it's been since we went to Kentucky that we actually did something like that. I know. And we we all hung out at a I actually went and had lunch with Michael um the first day I was down there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was it was bad. I'm <laughs> it was good. He took me. He, he no, that's uh, good. Re- recommended a little barbecue place, so we went there, 
And then uh, that evening, I actually went to Rob's house and hung out with Rob um, and Josh Witt and their wives. And Rob and his family were just so hospitable. Um, His kids were hilarious and just had a good time. And then uh, then the next day, Rob had a big cookout and invited, you know, um, Josh was there and then Landon and Michael. And then uh, uh, Rob's friend, who actually does a turtle podcast with him now, I think his name's Kirkland. I think that was his name. (laughs) We just met him for the first time. Yeah, yeah, so he was awesome. uh, he was there. We played. Uh, Josh brought over a bunch of games for the GameCube, so we ended up playing like Monkey Ball and Mario Kart Double Dash, and had a good time. Oh, and I and I brought homemade, not homemade. I bought it store bought, but um, it was hot dog sauce. So I made them all eat hot dog Perfect. sauce while we we're down there, West Virginia style hot dog Feels sauce. Like the most Sega related thing you've said so far. <laughs> yeah, well, Monkey Ball. <laughs> we did play Monkey Ball. <laughs> you did play Monkey Ball. That's fair. <laughs> Monkey Ball is yeah. definitely a Sega property. Yeah, and uh, I was I was sworn to secrecy because some of the guys didn't want me telling them, you know, telling the folks here that they actually ate a hot dog with sauce. But uh, yeah, I won't repeat who did that. Michael Kelso. No, Michael Kelso. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we know he's a Sega fan at heart, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we know the truth. <laughs> we know the truth. Uh, that sounds great, man. I wish <laughs> I could have been there. It sounds like you had a blast, and. Uh, you know, Michael behaved, which is good. You know. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I didn't have to keep him in check or anything, so that's great. You know, those two dudes in a nest. I, it, it's okay. as much as we kid each other. I probably have seen seen Michael more than anybody. He's he used <laughs> to. Uh, he came up around my area a few times for. Was work he your milkman? Is dinner. that was that what it was? He's your milkman. <laughs> he just like oh, just milk come man. by and deliver the milk. Yeah. No. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, but that's just kind of funny how that all works out. That's great. Yeah. But hey, yeah, we're the Genesis Gems Podcast, and you can find us on the BitBros Network at patreon.com slash bitbros. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash bitbrothers, and that's where we'll post all the fun questions and have all the interactions with uh, you all as we cover our game every now and then. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, we love reading emails, so shoot us one at Genesis Gems Podcast at gmail.com. That's really all I got. But uh, Aaron, I think we can roll right into some uh, hey Sega snippets. What do you think? Let's do it. Test one two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega snippets. My big Sega snippet. Um, I can't remember if I talked about this on the last show or not. It's been so long, but I finally bought. And one of the reasons I bought it uh, is because it was on like they had a PS5 version, but the game Judgment. Which yeah. is yeah, it, it it's 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 the same type of game from you know the Yakuza creators, uh, but instead of playing as a like you know a Yakuza gang member, you're actually playing as a detective, uh, dude named Yagami, and uh, man, I fell in love with this game. I already knew I was gonna love it. I may like this a little bit better than the other Yakuza Yakuza games I played. I've only played zero, one, and two. Yeah. But uh, oh, I loved it. That, that what kept <laughs> it from being a perfect game was probably some of the <laughs> some of the uh, objectives that made you. That, that tried to force the detective down your throat. You had to do a couple missions where you had to oh. tell people and sneak around. It was kind of stupid. But um, yeah, other than that, like, man, you think like when they make a, a second one, they'll probably. And part of it is, it's like they're trying to graft a new gameplay style onto an existing engine. And so I'm hopeful they'll get it get it better on the next one. Yeah, and and I'm telling you guys, if if you love the old Shinmu games, like th- this this is the game you want to play if you're looking for that kind of you know <laughs> wandering around 
you know, kind of um, unravel, unraveling the story. But uh, I don't know. Like th- this just seems so much bigger and better. That the like if you just want to go waste time in an arcade, the arcade games in this are just just so Insane, massive. And right? So much to Isn't do. And I had fun. Like just throwing, Virtual Fighter Five. They went darts. Virtual Fighter Five. Yeah, there, there's actually like a a made-up arcade game where you're like shooting zombies and it's like a house of the dead type stuff so that was real cool it's like the was it cook i never can't say the stupid town's name kamaracha of the dead i think it was called so like that's actually in the game and you can play it and it's like playing house of the dead on dreamcast or something oh that's really cool. great yeah but yeah, I, it was like some yakuza spinoff that was a um a, it was like a zombie yeah game but uh i think that was only on ps3 yeah but man, I'm telling you, this 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 is a this to me this is a must play if you like any of the Yakuza games. I'm the sequel's supposed to be coming out within the year or, the, or two years, so I'm I'm probably gonna go pre-order that whenever I see it because I just <laughs> I love that game so much and I love I, I was talking with Dan uh, Toland, um, you know, friend of the show, he's been on yeah. before, and uh, he really didn't feel like in the beginning like he liked the character, and I, I kind of felt the same. But as the story went on, you get to see the backstory of that Yagami character, and I really really just got sucked in. I actually like the characters in this as much if not better than uh, the yakuza games so um definitely give this big thumbs up you all need to try it if you <laughs> are into that kind of stuff but uh that's basically the the big game i've been playing um and then I, I i dabbled in a few other games i tried playing a game called Greedfall, and i didn't like it um that, that game just has a goofy title it's a goofy name yeah and it's, it's <laughs> I, I see why people like it but i i think i'd just rather play mass effect it's kind of trying to do that but in a different is that what era. it is I, it's I, trying I, to I thought Greedfall is another one of those uh, loot shooters or one of those um, those team-based ones. Is it not a multiplayer online deal? No, it's it's a it's a kind of like a single an action, player? single player action RPG where you have you know you got like four or five people with you and you can only pick two to come with you on a mission, kind of like okay. Mass Effect. But the gameplay was okay. I just something about the the time period. It's kind of like the colonial time. I'm just not into that. I feel like I was like playing. Downton Abbey, <laughs> so, <laughs> just just not into that. I, I couldn't get into it. Um, so I, I actually I'm selling that on eBay now. But then I, I I've been hearing podcasts talk about this next game forever, and I finally gave it a try. It's actually one of the earlier PS4 games, but uh, it's a uh, Dying Light. I don't know if you've played that or not. Yeah, I've heard Dying Light's Man. really good, and they incorporate so uh, parkour into it. Yeah, which is really cool. Like I, uh, I I I am not into stealth games. I'm not into like like even a yeah, Splinter Cell, Metal Gear. I never really enjoyed those games, and I kind of heard, I kind of thought that'd be dying light, but the 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 parkour in this game and just kind of jumping from building to building and and uh, avoiding zombies that way is so cool. Like I could just sit around and run around that town forever. So and it's got some neat neat um uh, features. Like if if when it's nighttime, you know, stronger monsters come out, and if you if you're out there trying to do missions, you actually get um, experience points faster. It's like you because you have to run away from more for more monsters and more zombies and so it's like it's like if you're brave you can go get more experience points <laughs> so what a cool. horrible night to have a curse that's yeah. right that's right <laughs> um, that uh, was a lot of a lot of sega snippets on my part aaron right <laughs> what, what, what no, have you been playing, dude? uh for for me man you're you're gonna be so disappointed because i went back down the, the koei train um <laughs> And, and I loaded up those games on, on the 3DS. You can't, and then, you can't get away from them, can you? <laughs> I can't, man. There's something about the Like, in my brain, I'm like, I'm determined to figure some of these games out, like, 
where it's like if you were playing it on PC, it would probably be a little bit easier because it's like, you know, it's set up with a keyboard and mouse and whatever. But because you're playing like these computer strategy games on a console, it's always a little bit of, you know, finesse and figuring it out. And for me, like I had Romance of the Three Kingdoms on NES as a kid. We got it from a pawn shop one day and I'm just like, I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing because I didn't have the manual. And I thought the setting was really cool because I, you know, later found out like it's the same setting as Dynasty Warriors, uh, this historical novel based on Chinese history, like a civil war, almost like uh, what Game of Thrones is, right? Where it's like multiple factions vying for uh, control over the capital. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's these three separate kingdoms. And I dig that. And I've played some of the Dynasty Warriors games and I played Destiny of an Emperor. So I'm like, man, like I started getting into the history of this thing and understanding a little more. And then I got to play Romance of the Three Kingdoms 2 on Sega Genesis. And finally, I don't know, it was uh, I was just playing it on the plane ride back from Portland and something finally clicked. I don't I don't know what it was exactly, but I was like, oh, finally I'm making enough money and I can buy troops and I can like, you know, it's kind of like that. I don't know if it's a feeling of like with Pokemon where you get the right combination or you get the right creatures or whatever. And this one, it's like you get you find the right generals and suddenly you're having a better time because you find <laughs> these guys who have way better stats than everybody else or you find ways to to uh, juke the computer and, and trick them. And uh, I don't know, you can basically send your, your general to be a spy and then he can like basically lower the loyalty of everyone else in that, in that territory. <laughs> and then cool. you can go battle the guy and you can bribe your, your general back for like zero gold, which is great. You just walk up to him like, all right, here's <laughs> zero gold. And he comes back to your side and starts fighting I don't it's kind know. of hard. It's kind of hard to believe like a, a Nintendo game can be that deep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, or, yeah, a Nintendo game and then the, the sequels and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. It it does get that deep, and it's like I get why. You know, we talked about this on a Bit Bros episode. I'm like, man, I totally get why you you play games today for the nostalgia, and it's hard to really get into stuff where it's like. <laughs> you have to learn some heavy mechanics like i get that um <laughs> uh, but maybe it's my brain the way my brain works like i was just determined i'm like i'm not gonna give up i'm gonna figure it out there's a whole like fan base of these old strategy games and i'm like i like stuff like risk and i liked certain you know games uh strategy type games when i was a kid i'm like i think i can figure this out and <laughs> That's what it was. That was that was literally probably the only Sega game I played um, that I can think of, uh, you know, like on a Sega system. I just have not, besides playing the game for our episode today, I've not played a lot of Sega games. I will say, though, um, I did bust out the Sega Saturn a little bit. Uh, nice. And I played Lost Vikings 2, and my kids actually really enjoyed it. My son got super into it. He, he hadn't played a game like Lost Vikings before where you kind of have to switch off between characters who have, you know, it's a puzzle game where each character has a special ability, like yeah. a puzzle platformer. 
Uh, I've only played the first Lost Vikings. I don't. I never deviled in the second one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. That's I a Blizzard it. game, right? Yeah, it is a Blizzard, Blizzard game. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. They've been we in the news not, lately for bad, bad reasons. Speak, uh, <laughs> speak of Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they are kind of a controversial topic right now. Yep. But we'll, we'll say the the Activision of the '80s is great. The Blizzard of the '90s. Good on you. Uh, that was a good series of games. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm very tempted to grab uh, the Diablo 2 remastered because that was my favorite Diablo and still is. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, do I need that again. time sink in my life? Um, yes. What's funny is my my wife is uh, she's asking me for new recs or you know just requests after like what should I play after. If, if I beat Dragon Quest XI, because that's literally the first RPG that oh, she's cool. played and really enjoyed. And so I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, I don't want that 8-bit stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. I she don't want that 8-bit stuff. Uh, the 8-bitty eight, eight stuff. I think that includes 16-bit stuff, too. Um, <laughs> I like so it. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll figure something out that's, that's her speed. I'm like, it's got to be turn-based, or it's got to be... Uh, it has a good story, but not too complicated because I feel like she kind of bounced off. She might do she, okay with Skyrim. You think she'd like, like Pokemon on 3DS? Like, those are awesome games. It's pretty slow paced. You can take your time. And... It depends. I don't know if that's too kitty. Kitty. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. I, I think I'm wondering if she wants something. She was like, is there something like this? that's like Game of Thrones. I'm like, I don't think there's something oh, like this. that's like Game of Thrones. That would be great. But there's yes. nothing that's like a Japanese style RPG. That's like Game yeah. of Thrones. Like even like Nino Kuni would probably be too. too she shitty, might. Right? She might like that. Um, that game's cool. Sure. Yeah. So I have a few ideas. Not Sega related friends. Um because I, honestly, I don't think she dig Fancy Star. A little too old. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll figure it out. She's like, "Are there other Dragon Quest games on here?" I'm like, "Yeah, but there's nothing quite up to the fidelity and level of Dragon Quest Eleven." So I'm like, "Let me keep looking." <laughs> it's important you make a good recommendation, right? <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm I, I, I failed her as a husband if I don't. So you kind of make good choices. My, my wife only really enjoys playing like the original three Mario games and maybe some Tetris. So I have one of the NES classics in the in the living room hooked up. She plays that every now and then, and she's oh. like ridic- she's ridiculously good at Mario <laughs> the first three <laughs> and the first Sonic game. Like she she gets everything in those first Sonic games. She knows where every like coin boxes or ring box are, and <laughs> extra lives. It's like man, oh that's great. Yeah. But other than that, she won't play much more. She'll, she'll watch me play some other games, but she doesn't want to do anything else. No, I get that. I've roped her into playing Mahjong, thanks to me learning <laughs> Mahjong from Yakuza. Yakuza. <laughs> yes. uh, we have Clubhouse games, and I will rope her into Mahjong matches now. Have you... It's like Rummy, but it's it's Rummy and poker, and then she got into it, and she figured it out. I'm sure you would need, like, uh, you know... Nice table space. Have you ever thought about getting like a physical version of that? I like, would that love cool? that. It yeah. would be really cool. The problem is you just need like you can play a two player version, but I would love to be able to to play like a four player version yeah. with the kids or someone who's actually like willing to learn it. Yeah, I like my my youngest loves board games and card games, so we always try to 
you know, get one of those instead of playing video games all the time. No, which, I get that. Which something just real quick on this um, for his birthday, uh, we got him some little robot remote control car thing, and I wanted to get him something else, so I went into GameStop. And uh, do you remember the Nintendo Labo they had for Switch? Yes. Like, the, so they had that was like hot hot stuff and now yeah, nobody remembers it, was, it exactly it was like a hundred dollars for a bunch of pieces of cardboard and i just couldn't bring myself <laughs> to getting it right. well they had it on clearance at gamestop for like 35 bucks so i was like ah, i'm getting that for his birthday and i went to check out and it was actually marked down again for the, it was the, like 23 dollars. okay and uh it's actually really stinking cool and he had a blast with it like you, you put the game card in the switch and it shows you what to do with the with the cardboard and it you know basically you, you the cardboard will hold your your switch screen and then the joy cons will go into a couple other pieces of cardboard and it does some pretty cool stuff there's one thing like you put two joy cons in the bottom of this piece of cardboard and the cardboard looks like a, an animal and uh you use the screen to kind of control it and like the joy con start shaking and it makes the animal look like it's moving like walking <laughs> it's like, oh, that's, nice. that's pretty clever that's he was just cool. he made like a fishing rod out of out of one he was having a blast so he just he, he likes he's very hands-on he likes board games and Stuff like that. So I kind of got in best of both worlds with video game and building stuff. <laughs> but that, I, I wouldn't spend awesome. $100 on a bunch of pieces of cardboard. I stand by that statement. But uh, for 20 bucks, that, I, I would definitely recommend that. <laughs> He's going to die on that hill, folks. On his gravestone, going to say, I will not, you'll never get me. And I, you know, here lies Nick Stevens. He <laughs> did not spend $100 on cardboard. That's exactly right. <laughs> did not do it. I will not. Oh geez, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun stuff. Well, Aaron, you know what? You know what we haven't done in probably like three or four episodes. What? We haven't asked you questions, and I oh, think man. it's time. I you really, can ask really me whatever think you want, buddy. I, I think it's time that we bring <laughs> it back. The greatest segment of our show is Ask Aaron. <laughs> Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay. He will answer them if he wants. Let's do it. Yeah, so back on July 9th, 19th, sorry, July 29th, I posted a great picture of Aaron. He's uh, you know, look, looking, he's on top of a hill, it looks like. There's some wilderness behind him and holding up his arms real big. Looks like he's caught That was something, in New so. Mexico. Yes, yeah. that was in Ruidoso in the mountains. Sweet. And he's got those awesome shades hanging from his shirt. Yellow, big frames. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> But we asked that question, and if you guys would like to uh, ask Aaron questions, make sure you join our groups at facebook.com slash group slash, what is it, BitBros, something like that. Look at my notes again. BitBrothers. Facebook.com slash, slash groups group slash, slash BitBrothers. BitBrothers. Thank you. But we do have some questions for Aaron. Got a few, actually. And the first one comes from our good old buddy Nick DeMarco. And Nick asks, how convenient or inconvenient is it that you do the I once caught a fish this big pose? It sprouts entire force. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like I'm stuck in a game of populace or something, and <laughs> I'm just playing God over here, man. That's just that's just my mo. Just <laughs> sprouting forest left and right. It's just how I roll. <laughs> no, I wish, man. I I love uh, this particular trail. It was amazing. We got to get right up close to uh, some some elk. Uh, just giant majestic creatures and they were just chilling you know minding their own business and these these uh just gigantic creatures uh just amazing it's just such a cool 
cool trail that kind of wound up and down some uh, some hills, and it's very scenic. That's cool. About the greenest part of uh, New Mexico you can see. I was going to say, because I, I went to New Mexico probably 17 years ago, and it was like just dry and sandy. <laughs> right. It depends on where you're going. If you go to the mountainous region, it, there's a ski resort there uh, in, in Rudoso. And then during the summer, like, you know, we went, um, it's just like a cool, temperate place to hang out. And then you can go lose money at the casino like I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, good question, Nick. Cool. This wasn't a question, but Chris Vanderhoff says I'm king of the world. <laughs> yes. Like it. Uh, Get that Titanic P- energy. That's right. That's right. Peter Martins asks <laughs> or says, this is probably one of my favorite posts of yours, probably the top 10. And uh, <laughs> that that's a stab at me because there is a sound clip. I don't know where they got it from that they play about every episode in two dudes and us. It's me saying this is probably one of my top 10 games of all time. So <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny, funny. All right. So thanks for making fun of me, Peter. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Richard Smith says, how much does Aaron love Sega? The much. That's funny. <laughs> but then he asked a question more seriously. Do you think Sega's ever going to release Sonic Mania 2? Mania was like the best Sonic game in decades, and it seems like they've got no interest in following up on it. I think they might, but it would it would probably it might be called something else. To be honest, it, I don't doubt that the team who actually made those games, you know, I I know like at least the composer has been working on a lot of new things, and I'd imagine th- that the reason you haven't heard. From some of the the developers like Christian Whitehead more recently is probably because there is some stuff that's under wraps and under NDA. Um, I mean, if Sega looks at the numbers and sees like how well the first Sonic Mania did, and you know now they're over here, they're about to put out um, another Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I I think they'd be silly not to do another Sonic Mania. I just hope if they do that they involve the same folks because yeah exactly that was an injection of energy uh that sonic hadn't seen in a while because if you remember nick um sonic forces came out right around the same time and the difference was kind of night and day like quality wise sonic forces was all right but it was also kind of janky um and it's like, oh, Sonic's dead. Sorry, spoiler alert. Not really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it no. was there was and some cool stuff to... in it, but it was just like not nearly as polished as Sonic Media. Well, and I, I kept hearing back in like the the Nintendo Wii days, like how good that game Sonic Colors was. I guess they're getting ready to re-release that on the Switch, which was kind of interesting. I've yeah, never played that. <laughs> that that's interesting, and I I'm excited to try it but um yeah i don't know if they're just trying to leapfrog back into 3d um or what but i do think there's room for more sonic 2d games that's i'm i'm hopeful i'm optimistic but sega's just kind of weird with their intellectual properties i mean they'll they'll let other developers handle their stuff like you look at alex kidd just got a remake um, 
Shining Force is getting an, another game, and guess what? It's going to be a mobile game. Get excited, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not really. It's going to be free to play <laughs> um, by some Korean developer. You know, Sega's just kind of all over the place with their intellectual property, so it's kind of a wild card. I mean, Streets of Rage 4 is really cool and did well. Um, so who knows? Yeah. I mean, Good I'm, question, I'm, though. I'm, I'm I'm such a fan of the the Yakuza and Judgment games now. Like they could just put that out and I'd be happy. But <laughs> you and most of most people, right? It's like that's their bread and butter right now. That's what they seem to put the most money in outside of the occasional Sonic thing here and there. Yeah, and I I, I may go after the uh, Yakuza. What is it like something Dragon where they actually have like some RPG mechanics, like turn based fighting. That sounded interesting. Honestly, I think you'd really dig that. I I need to go try it. So yeah, I I also need to catch up and do that. Yeah. But then what happens is I play a Yakuza game and then I just wander over to the Mahjong parlor and then that's <laughs> where I waste all my money. That's great. And then I walk out penniless. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what whatever makes you have fun, man. That's what it's all about. <laughs> no, like it's exactly what happened the last time I played Yakuza Zero. Like I grinded for a while, I had fun. And then I'm just like, all right, man, I'm going to win this Mahjong tournament now that I figured out how to play this dang game. Um, and and that was what I did like for a while. For real. And I, I'm so I'm so intrigued with games within games. Like it just it seems like great. A, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. I remember reading about that in uh, video game magazines. And, and, and as kids, what was the most we ever saw that did that, and I'm sorry, I don't want to get on too much of a tangent. Like uh, Blades of Steel, right? Or uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Yeah. Beavis or, Butthead or, on Super Nintendo had had a couple. <laughs> yeah, or uh, Pitfall Mine Adventure. You could unlock yeah, the original Pitfall. Yeah. Like that's right. You know, like little hidden games inside the game. Love that stuff. Yeah, me too. One on one fighter and Mega Man X3. That sort of. Ooh. I remember that. I forgot about that one. Yep. Of course, Shinmu. Shinmu came and just made it awesome in Dreamcast. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Hey, next question comes from... Sure. Uh, who do we got here? Daniel Walker. And Daniel says, Are there any good Metroidvania games on any Sega consoles? And then on a semi-related note, will we ever hear another episode of Metroidvania Mayhem? Or is it going to be a once-every-four-years thing like the Olympics? <laughs> oh, Yes, I have a good answer for this. Uh, it kind of stretches the line a little bit, but uh, I would say any of the Monster World games. Yep. Um, if you can play any of those on Master System or on Sega Genesis, uh, you know, there's been, I think, four and five on Sega Genesis. Uh, both have that kind of open world exploration. Um, and then Dragon's Trap uh, or Dragon's Curse on, I think, TurboGrafx-16. That one is very good and has been remade. Um, I'd say besides that, the the pick, the, the, the games are a little slimmer in that regard. Master System has Zillion, which plays a bit like Metroid. Um, and then if you pick up kind of a hidden gem... Uh, Maybe we'll cover it at some point, but Phantom 2049 on Sega Genesis uh, is a game yeah. a lot of people slept on, but it absolutely has Metroidvania elements. So seek that one out. 
And then this is surprising, but Todd's Adventures in Slime World <laughs> does have a, a, a bit of a open world exploration in it. Um, just a little more contain, contained inside a single cave. Besides that, um, yeah, you're really going to stretch yeah, to find me. things. I, I'd say the most I can think of besides that might be the fact that there's uh, a playable version of Cave Story you, that you can download that's being developed that's a port of, of Cave Story, the indie Cave game Story. that we know and love. Uh, does have a port to the Sega Genesis Mega Drive you can check out. So, well worth checking out. Yeah, and I, I feel like Metroidvania-style games didn't really happen until, of course, Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night. So it's hard Those to find. were the groundbreaking titles, yeah. yeah. So it's hard to find that formula before that. You may see some games that have bits of that formula, but once those two came out and then every game that came out on the GBA and DS that had Castlevania or Metroid in the title, I mean, it was just like after that and all these new indie games for the Switch, there's so many to pick from now. Yeah, and if you if you like think about it, it's it's action adventure games where you have to collect items to open up new areas. Yeah, yeah. If you stretch that definition further, I I think uh, Igarasha or however you pronounce his name, uh, Igaraga, I can't remember his name right now, but the director of Symphony of the Night even said he was uh, he was influenced by Zelda. <laughs> yeah, not funny. And then, yeah, I want to yeah, say exactly. he said that. And so, like, okay, yeah, there's definitely Zelda clones on uh, on Master System. You know, there's Golden Axe Warrior, Warrior and that. Yeah. Game Gear had Axe Battler. So, if you want to stretch the definition even further, there's there's a few things out there. Yep. <laughs> Good question. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next question comes from Ken Kazimal, who says, why and how? <laughs> why? Because you gotta. And how? Because uh, uh, why not? <laughs> Eric Purcell says, which good friend, Eric, the greatest segment ever known to man. How does it feel to simultaneously be the most knowledgeable video game historian and the greatest chiptune artist around? That's a pretty nice compliment there. <laughs> that is very nice of you. Oh, he's talking about Aaron. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I thought he was talking about Nick Stevens. I don't know who this chip Aaron dude. jokester is. I've never done it. No, I, I appreciate you, Eric. I don't, I don't feel like I deserve either of those titles. Um, but I appreciate it. I always wonder if I should have, like, done a video game historian type channel on youtube um but that takes a lot of time and dedication um and i i respect um what people are doing out there in that space so i don't know thank you for the compliments i i hope uh i can continue you know bringing you guys content that you like that's that's all i can hope for heck yeah we got another one from Gabe Van Gilder who says, Hey, Aaron, any chance we will see a new Fantasy Star 5 title in the future? Oh, you know what? If we do, I don't think Sega's going to make it. <laughs> oh. I think the closest we got was, what was it? Skies of Arcadia, right? That was yeah. the that was the cool. last like single-player RPG that you could play from some of the team from Fantasy Star 4, I think. Yeah. So I mean now nowadays you have Fantasy Star MMOs 
which are huge. But um, just like Shining Force, haven't seen any mainline or an interest in them returning into a single-player RPG experience like that. I I want that to happen, but I, I just don't see it happening. Fantasy Star just kind of went above and... It, it became something completely different eventually. Yeah, exactly. I think they realized that, like, I don't know, if they just thought, like, hey, we can't really compete in this Final Fantasy Dragon Quest space anymore, so let's go and do something different. Yeah, which when that first came out, I absolutely loved it. Uh, my internet connection was awful and it didn't work well online, but I had a lot of fun <laughs> with the Fantasy Star Online. Well, then you could play, I think it was the GameCube version, you could play offline pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now people have servers, like dedicated servers. That Isn't you can that funny? Yeah. You can play the Dreamcast version on someone's dedicated server. Yeah, which is kind of cool. <laughs> cool. We've yeah. got one from Chad Clark here. It says, hi, Aaron. This might have been covered before, but any recommendations for repair shops for consoles? I have a Model 1 Sega CD that needs work and haven't had any luck finding a repair shop. I checked with iFixit Retro and a couple of local shops, and none were interested in working on it. You can find repair places online, but I'm not sure who is good and reputable. Thanks. We love the show. All right. So I'm going to send Nick over uh, one one guy that uh, Grand Junction. I really oh, trust um, because he was kind of a friend of ours going back to the Retro Obscura days. And nice. uh, he has repaired my uh this is jeremy marshall um so he's based out of colorado and he has uh repaired multiple systems of mine he did a game boy mod uh where he put in a i think it was a a backlight oh that's awesome my game boy it was really sweet and he gave me stereo like really good stereo sound out of there uh, he's recap stuff for me and my my best friend. My best friend sent off his um, CDX system, which is the combination Sega Genesis, Sega CD, and and uh, he recapped the whole thing and got it uh, running really well. So I can absolutely recommend Jeremy Marshall. He runs GJ Smartphone and Electronics Repair service i can pretty much recommend it to anybody um just based on my experience if there's a mod or something that you want done or a recap or just something that you don't feel comfortable soldering yourself um you know uh we'll post along his website and uh he'll you know he can do console repair he can you can do cell phones, PC, Mac, all that stuff. So that's his that's his bread and butter. Awesome. Yeah, and I got the link here, grandjunctioniphonerepair.com. I'll stick it in the show notes as well uh, for ease of access. But that's awesome. So he, yeah, he's I'd, the only one I can really vouch for on a personal level just because he's, he's the last person in uh, last several years that I've actually reached out to um, for, for services and recommended to other people. So there yeah, you go. That's really awesome. I'd say outside of that, um, you know, if, if you have any local retro circles, there are usually people um, 
Or if you go into any retro gaming shop that's a mom and pop, they usually know someone, right? It's always like you yeah, walk into, yeah. you think of like Pawn star, Stars, and it's like, yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, let me call that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that show. <laughs> but this is someone I can recommend on a personal level because he's a friend. So that's cool. There you go. Nice. And uh, we got a couple more here. Michael Kelso posts a picture that says, why, though? <laughs> oh, man. And Sounds he's right. just uh, he's just extra salty. Yeah. And the, the last question, which this is a good question. I'm, I'm curious to hear your answer. I think I got an idea, but let's see if I'm right. Uh, Tyler Jones asked, best JRPG I can play on the Switch? Um, I would probably say Dragon Quest Eleven, okay, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's that's an easy pick. But then again, it depends on if you're willing to go old or new. Yeah. If if you're going older classic stuff, um, you can't go wrong. Um, I don't know. There's there's certain things that you can play like Final Fantasy Seven. Eight and nine, you can get on Switch real easy. Um, if you want to go older than that, there are remakes of the first Dragon three Dragon Quest games, um, which are solid. But I, having played the first one on Switch, it's not the best version of that game. Uh, just because it has a kind of a mobile, cheap feel to it. Um, there is a Dragon Quest three remake coming out that I'm super excited about. But um, I'm sure other people like. Gabe recommended Bravely Default 2. I've, I've heard, heard a lot of good about Yeah. Yeah, I heard I have, it's a good series. I don't know. I played that, but I heard it. Then there was another game, like, right around the Switch launch. I'm having the worst time thinking about it now. Octopath the, Traveler? Yes, exactly. That game was pretty cool. I played the few hours of that. Um, yeah, well, you get to pick from, like, eight different characters or something crazy like that. and right. um, They all had, like, these little side stories. Really cool. If you want to go super old school... Uh, you should pick up that Fantasy Star remake because it the quality of yeah. life improvements on it are you get the map pretty cool. <laughs> you get the you get the mini map. You don't have to yep. draw your own maps, which some people you know they love doing that. But um, if you want to play it on the go on the Switch, that's a great way to do it. Yep. Um, there are a few games that always seem to go on sale. Square, you know, old Square RPGs, um, Tales of Vesperia. Which, if oh, you like the Tales yeah. games at all, um, yeah. if you put, like any of the East games, yeah, Tales, that was a really solid one that, uh, really you know, was a Xbox 360 exclusive for a long yeah. time. So I don't know that people really necessarily knew about it, but uh, it's yeah. on and Switch. Ex- it's super especially, cheap. It looks great. Especially if you like action RPGs that kind of have a turn-based feel to it because you, you travel the mini world and you run, you run into some enemies and it kind of goes to like a turn you know, it's like a different screen, but then you're actually using action buttons. Uh, so it's got a, it's a cool hybrid of the of a of a kind of a JRPG and an action RPG. Really cool. Yeah. And uh, what was it? I would say if you like what's going on in Xenoblade Chronicles, um, I I really like the first one, except I didn't didn't always like uh, being overwhelmed with side quests in that game, but it's. <laughs> Both of those games have a really beautiful landscape, really beautiful world to go check out and get lost yeah. in. So I played the the one that was on 3DS. I think it was a, a yeah. release. What's on Wii and that, that had an interesting battle system. I didn't yeah. play. 
I only played a good you know, four or five hours into it, but not. I felt like I should have went back to it. It was fun. Yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun game. It is very heavily a JRPG. Yeah. <laughs> very JRPG tropes. Uh, little woodland creatures. You know the drill. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's it for Ask Aaron. Uh, really enjoyed having that segment back. So <laughs> make sure you all go to our groups at group or at group.com at facebook.com slash group slash bitbrothers and ask Aaron questions. We'll do that from this point forward as much as we can. So, uh, well, Aaron, I think that takes care of part one of this uh, Genesis Gems episode 90. And yeah. we'll come back soon. Uh, we may be releasing this in two episodes. If we don't, then ignore this talk. But uh, we want to get you all some content soon. We appreciate you all hanging with us and for sticking in there, <laughs> waiting on our next episode to drop. So definitely appreciate that. <laughs>